John 11, verse, verses 1 through 45. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by the world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but the disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Mary heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Then Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, 
Lord, if you had been here, my, bro my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. They replied, Come and see, Lord. And Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. Good morning. How are y'all doing this morning? All right. Okay. Well, I hope you'll still be doing that good when we get finished here. So, You know, um, I've never really doubted that Ken and Kevin uh, liked me until recently when they've started assigning me six series sermons to be done in one, in one, uh, one preaching. So uh, this would, as, as uh, Caitlin and Josiah, friends of ours who are here, uh, would understand, would have been a six series, and it would have uh, taken me an hour each one of those series. So we're not going to do that today, but uh, I do fully in, expect to show up at some point and and Kevin say, uh, oh, would you mind preaching on Genesis today? And um, so I've been preparing for that to summarize it down into a... Genesis through Revelation. Genesis 3, or Leviticus even. Uh, we might do that one as well. So what, what does it mean to be loved by Jesus? Uh, is it what we typically think of? Uh, is it... Um, is it that we're just going to be cared for and, and everything's going to be good? Is it the prosperity gospel that um, we hear so much about? Um, 
I think we'll find different as we go through today. I do have a sheet back there for y'all. If you didn't get it, I left some extras back there. Um, This is the focal point that was read. Uh, This is the day of Rodney. And um, so that's a lot. And I always hate to leave anything out of the story that I'm trying to share. So uh, time would not allow it, but I've made just some notes there. You might want to look at those later and think through them. So really, I just want us to think for a little bit to maybe correct our view of what it means to be loved by Jesus. And I'll do that uh, really with three points, one of which, or three verses, one of which is verse 3 in John 11. And uh, it says this, So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. So, It was obvious from the uh, passage that we read here that Jesus loved Lazarus and that Lazarus knew it. His sisters knew it in his place. Um, That's one of the things that I would say. When you're loved by Jesus, you know this. You, You know that he loves you. The second point I would make is that others as well know that he loves you. If you look in verse 5 of that same chapter, it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. This wasn't Jesus saying this to them. This was the writer. This was others around who knew that Jesus loved them. And so when Jesus loves us, other people around us know that that's true. And so that would be really the second point that I would say about being loved by Jesus. First of all, you know that you're loved by him. But second of all, other people around you will know that too. And then the third is um, found in verse 11. And that is that, um, first of all, you know you're loved. Second, other people around you know you're loved. But third, you know that you're second. And that's, uh, verse 11 speaks to this as we read through there. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. Um, You know you're second because in their case, Jesus didn't um, heal Lazarus from his sickness. In fact, he allowed Lazarus to die, to go through that event of death that so many people fear. And we know that that Mary and, and Martha were second in this series of, of uh, events that occurred here because Jesus did not quickly go to spare Lazarus, which would have in turn spared them from the grief of having lost their brother, the death of their brother. They suffered through that somewhere between four and five days uh, they suffered for that. The Jewish tradition says that uh, you would bury someone within 24 hours of their death. And when Jesus got there, he had been buried for four days. So somewhere between four and five days, uh, Mary and Martha had suffered the, um, uh, the agony of having lost their brother, his death. So what's it mean to be second? Um, 
you're, you're going to be second to two things, and you'll see that in the scriptures that were read. If you go back through, you're second to two things. One is to God's glory. You're always going to be second to that. The other is uh, to Jesus' purpose, which was to seek and to save that which was lost. So you are going to be second to those two things, and this is the perfect scripture. This is the perfect story to show us the truth of that uh, here uh, with the death of Lazarus. And that's it. He allowed them uh, to go through things that we would think to be quite um, unloving. And um, one of the stories I like to tell, and I tell my children this at times too, is that, um, that they'll always be second to Gala except when she's really on my nerves, but um, that they'll always be second to Gala. And the amazing thing about that is, which is true of us and Jesus as well, his love, is that by being second, that I actually can love them the most. It's really, doesn't make a lot of sense. And what we, um, what we look at here doesn't really make a lot of sense. We're going to see some stories here. Uh, in a minute that's going to not seem to make sense either. But you would think that if you're loved by someone, they would do everything possible to keep you comfortable, to uh, make you happy, to do all those things. And in fact, that's not really true. Uh, and I think we fall into that, um, uh, into that fallacy too often in our own uh, thoughts of Christ and what he means to us and what his love means to us. You probably, most of you in here probably know uh, who Jim Elliott is, maybe Elizabeth Elliott, his wife. Uh, He was a missionary. He and a group of other young people were missionaries to a a group of uh, unreached um, Indians in uh, Peru, I believe it was, if I'm thinking right. And they were down there reaching, trying to reach these people and went through and just a whole host of different things to make, that, um, to make that possible. What wound up happening is the five men that were involved in that were all speared to death by, these, um, uh, by this group, this tribe. And um, that sounds like uh, not a very good response to having served Jesus uh, in, on the mission field. And yet we see that their wives and others went back to that group. And that entire group of that entire tribe uh, became Christians because of that. So it's, you know, is it, does it make sense that they would die for that? In fact, um, in Jesus' case, it does. Elizabeth Elliot had written this. Um, she died here a few years ago, but phenomenal uh, theologian, I don't think I could call her anything else, but uh, she said this, our vision is so limited we can hardly imagine a love that does not show itself in protection from suffering. The love of God is, a, is of a different nature altogether. It does not hate tragedy. And we're going to see some tragedy coming up here, and I would um, ask you to um, Remember that as you listen to these things, what Elizabeth Elliot said, and that is that God's love does not 
hate, tragedy. Uh, AJ, I believe you're first. The man born blind. In John chapter 9, we hear the story of a man blind from birth. The disciples asked who sinned, the man or his parents, that he was born blind. In verse 3, Jesus replied, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. After Jesus gave him sight, the Pharisees threw him out of the synagogue, but Jesus didn't forget him. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. This man was born blind so that, one, God could be glorified through Jesus granting him sight, and two, this man, and likely his parents, became followers of Christ. Thank you, Sarah. I believe you're second. Johnny Erickson Tata. Johnny was a believer in Christ as a child, but she was more interested in sports than in sharing the gospel. At age 17, in a diving accident in the Chesapeake Bay, she suffered a spinal injury that left her a paraplegic through this day. In an article, she spoke about what she learned from the accident. I learned that at the core of Christ's plan is to rescue us from sin. Our physical aches and pains and broken relationships aren't his ultimate focus. He cares deeply about these things, but they're symptoms of the chief problem in this fallen world. God's goal is not to make us comfortable. He wants to teach us to hate our transgressions as he grows our love for him. Johnny has shared tirelessly about her relationship with Christ in the 53 years since the accident, including having a movie made about her life, which in the U.S. alone is credited to leading 200,000 people into a relationship with Jesus. Johnny was allowed to suffer a crippling injury at the age of 17 so that, one, God could be glorified through her life and testimony, and two, thousands could become a followers of Christ. Thank you. Ralph Rhodes, which is my father. After Hurricane Opal hit West Florida in 1995, Ralph was on the second-story roof of his home cutting a tree limb that had fallen. He fell from the second story, bounced off the first-story roof, and landed with his foot wedged between two trees. His foot was torn off at the ankle other than a few tendons on one, one side, and his back was broken. Already a good man, while lying there, he promised God that he would tell others about Jesus, his Savior, if he could live. He, w- he has suffered greatly over the past 25 years from his injuries, but he has been faithful since that day to share Christ with others. God allowed Ralph to fall off his roof and suffer continual pain over the past 25 years so that God could be glorified through Ralph's continual sharing of the gospel and people who hear him could become followers of Christ. Felix McCoy Yeager, which is my nephew. Uh, Felix was born with Down syndrome. 
In Iceland, almost 100% of unborn children with Down syndrome are aborted. In Denmark, 98%. In the United States, 67%. Felix was blessed to be born to Christian parents. In a, in a Desiring God article entitled, The Happiest People in the World, John Knight writes, The statistics are remarkable for people with Down syndrome. of those surveyed are happy with their lives. 97% answered yes to the question, do you like who you are? 99% agreed with the statement, do you love your family? People with Down syndrome report much greater happiness than any other demographic sample. God allowed Felix to be born with Down syndrome so that God could be glorified through his parents' decision to choose life rather than death. And other people could see that choice and choose life for their children as well, providing the opportunity for all involved to become followers of Christ. So God could have prevented all of this, but he didn't because he refuses to allow us to have the good, but instead wants the very best for us. And I am so very thankful for each of these.